Please enjoy this sport bloke segment from an upcoming or recent episode. Well, we're absolutely delighted to speak with our very special guest this week. He's a man who played collegiately with the St. Louis Billikens. We're going to have to ask him what that means. Where he was on the Atlantic 10 all-rookie team and was also the Atlantic 10 sixth man of the year before a stint in the NBL with the Sydney Kings, Illawarra Hawks and Cairns Taipans. Not only did he represent his country, he's now a star for the Warwick Senators in the NBL West. A very special welcome to Cody Ellis. Boys, thank you for having me. No, no, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate it very much. So the first question, obviously, is what is a Billiken? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's one that's been asked to me a fair few times. It's basically a mythical good luck creature. Oh. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, fairly odd-looking, Buddha-ish looking creature that, uh, yeah, is slightly terrifying. um, (laughs) But slightly cute at the same time, if uh, if go. that's possible. So a slightly off-putting mascot then? Yeah, very much so. <laughs> oh, I love it. That we is... thought we'd start with the hard questions first. Well, yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah, the hard-hitting stuff. Definitely. No, look, <laughs> the stuff that we've obviously got to talk about is the recent stuff that happened at the Olympics. So obviously the Opal was a little bit disappointing, but the Boomers finally won a medal, which is great. Josh Giddy selected number six in the NBA draft. How strong is Australian basketball at the moment? Uh, about as strong as it's ever been, I reckon. Look, it's it's obviously tough to compare eras, but basketball as a whole is just on another level completely than what it's ever been. And Australian basketball has has kind of grown with that, and probably at a bit of a quicker rate than than what the world has as well. Um, so, look, we're especially down here in, in the NBL, we're probably one of the most talented leagues in the world bar the NBA, obviously. But yeah, it's it's certainly up there, man. And yeah, obviously, like you said, the Opals were a bit disappointing, but the Boomers winning that bronze medal was was awesome. And, you know, like you mentioned in the Unreal intro, by the way, um, <laughs> I was lucky enough to represent the country playing basketball. So to see those boys conquer something that's never been done with with all the Australian greats that have been through that Boomers program was uh, was a fairly prideful moment. And I'm sure, you know, there, there was lots of people around Australia that felt the same. Did you watch with the family, mate, or who, who'd you watch it with? Mate, we were playing a game. I was oh, not impressed. No. Oh, I no. was not impressed. Um, oh. We started at the exact same time, so I couldn't even catch any of it live. But, yeah, so, yeah, I was not happy with that. Oh. I, uh Thought about chucking a sickie and being like, no, nah, well, you know, I'm crook. I can't do it. But, uh, <laughs> if ever you could be forgiven. Oh, man, I know. Our season was kind of in the balance at that point anyway. So it was, uh, yeah, but have certainly watched the replay and it, uh, it was amazing, man. Well, you've given us a great segue then. We better get into why you're partly with us today. So we're massive fans <laughs> of basketball and supporters of basketball in Australia, but we must admit we should probably know a little bit more about the NBL One. So we'd love to know what can you tell our listeners and us about the NBL One competition and all the great players that are in it? Yeah, so NBL One is it's a national thing now. So there's different competitions. You know, there's, there's a Queensland One, um, there's a Adelaide One, obviously the one here, and then I believe the Melbourne one as well. Um, So we are NBL One West, you know, obviously, and this is the inaugural season of it. So last year we had the West Coast Classic, and then before that was the SBL. So this is kind of a bit of new territory, which is is really good, and the exposure that the NBL One has brought 
for you know all the talent over here in WA is is really good, man. Because all the games are live streamed, and you know that's something that when I was in the NBL that I tried to push for because I'd come back and play for the Senators in the off season. And there'd be so much talent over here that kind of just goes unnoticed because we're so far away. We're basically another country over here. Hmm. Um, so, look, the, the NBL one has been massive. And the fact that Basketball WA and Basketball Australia were able to implement, you know, that whole country as, as kind of one big program is, is just amazing. So there's also some big names like Scotty Machado running around out there too, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that signing kind of came out of nowhere. I was not expecting that. You know, I'm usually pretty privy to, to the signings that are happening around the league, and that was, that was unreal. Certainly unexpected, and kudos to whoever got him over here because, uh, man, he drew some crowds, and, you know, Mandra went on a tear. I think they won seven or eight games straight and came into the uh, – into the finals as, as a very tough team. Unfortunately, he had to take off and, and go do his uh, his NBL stuff over in Cairns with with Adam Ford and the, and the new system. So, uh, you know, he couldn't be here for the finals. But, uh, man, it, it was awesome to have someone like that uh, be able to come and play here. So, look, you mentioned previously that the season was on a knife edge and, unfortunately, the Warwick Senators were knocked out in the elimination final. How do you personally rate your season? My season, personally, I thought I was all right. I was decent. I kind of had to take on a bit of a different role than I had in the past uh, couple seasons. I uh, kind of had to be a bit more of a scorer, just purely based off the fact that we had so many injuries that, uh, you know, we, we ended up having about a seven-man rotation by the end of the season. And, you know, something that we kind of hung our hats on in the past few seasons is our depth. And just with injuries, man, it was it was one of those things that it just it plagued us all year. So, you know, we ended up probably being one of the, one of the teams with the least depth, um, unfortunately, but is what it is. And personally, I thought I was uh, I was decent. Uh, actually, there was a NBL one awards night a few weeks ago, and they did MVP count and all that sort of stuff. And I was third in the MVP count for the league. So, wow, congratulations! Um, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's something that uh, again I was not expecting because uh, we have some amazingly talented basketballers on our team. And we kind of all steal votes off each other. So, <laughs> so that was, uh, was yeah, it was certainly uh, a bit of a shock, but uh, I was pretty pretty proud that my name was up there. Absolutely. Given the depth issues you had, did you find yourself playing out of position much? Or? Uh, look, man, I one of the things I tried to pride myself on is, is my versatility. So, I mean, over the past four or five years, I've played anywhere from the point guard to the centre. So... I don't really have a, a set position, to be honest with you. So, kind of where the game's going too, isn't it? Well, it really is, man. And, you know, our average height ended up being, with some of our lineups, was about freaking 6'7", six, 6'8", six, at our average height. So, yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it's how the game's going. And you see guys in the NBA like Nikola Jokic, who's seven foot and, and basically a point guard, or even, unit, yeah. even Ben Simpson. Yeah. Massive unit yeah. as well. One of my favourites. Oh, exactly. Absolute yeah. horse. So, but yeah, and, and guys like Ben Simmons, who's six ten and a, a legitimate point guard. You know, you mentioned Josh Giddy before. Same thing. Young kid who's who just keeps growing, and I think he's about six nine now. Legitimate point guard, and it, it's just it's the way it's going, man. And it's it's fun to see it evolve like that. A little little bit excited as an OKC fan myself. So, so <laughs> it's been magic. And you've opened the door there on the Ben Simmons thing a little bit. What do you make of his situation, mate? I think he needs to get out of Philly first of all. From the latest things I've read, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen for the start of the season. So I'm not sure how that's going to go. 
it just doesn't seem like a happy camp there. And look, I think for him, it's a lot of mental rather than his talent because he's got the talent. I think it's mental. You know, you could see it in that final series where he just didn't want to shoot it because he was scared to go to the foul line. And, um, you know, people who don't or who aren't like fully invested in basketball or who have played at a, a level, like a higher level, don't, I don't think really understand how mental the game of basketball is. And look, it's, it's becoming more public knowledge now and, and with all the mental health stuff. So it's a tough one. I think he needs to go to a team where he can be the man so he can kind of forget about that sort of stuff. I'd, I'd love him to go to my Knicks. That'd be great. I'd be happy with that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I think he needs to go to a team where he can be the man, he can be the go-to guy, get his confidence back, get him rolling. Because, look, he, he could be one of the best players in the league quite easily with, with his skill set. Absolutely. You've also mentioned the mental health thing, which is, I think, another open door here. What's it been like playing in COVID times? Obviously, here in Perth, we've been very, very lucky. Was that was the plan that the NBL one would be that the winners from each conference would then meet up to play in a tournament, or has COVID kind of affected the NBL one much? It has, man. It's it's uh, to be honest with you, when we when we lost our elimination game, I was upset that our season was over, but I was also very relieved that it was because it had just been a mentally draining season, and COVID had a big part of that. While we weren't affected a whole lot, we had a couple little weekends where we couldn't play because we're in those, you know, three, four day lockdowns. Yeah, look, the end of the year was meant to be a big conference tournament with all the winners go away, play against each other. And that's not happening now because of because of COVID. So it can really ruin a team season with the timing of it. You know, we we kind of hit a bump in our season where we started to play a bit average. And then we went on that three, four day lockdown over the weekend. So we couldn't play, couldn't train the next week and then couldn't play again the weekend after. It was kind of a good time for us, but teams that start to roll, mm. you know, that happens. And then all of a sudden you lose any momentum that you have. And it, it, it is, it's, it's really mentally draining, man. And it's, it's something that it, it really affects teams and, you know, I, I feel for everyone over in New South and Victoria and stuff like that that uh, are really struggling right now, not just in the basketball world, but just in the world in general, man. It's uh, it's tough times. Absolutely. Our hearts go out to everyone. And as I say, we probably don't realise how lucky we really are over mm. here. Yeah. Yeah. So NBL1's hitting finals time this weekend, and we've got the experience of Greg Heyer and Tommy Jervis with the Rockingham Flames versus the youth of Wildcats development player Andrew Ferguson and the Perry Lakes Hawks. Who's your tip to win it all, Cody? Man, that is a toss of the coin, that one. It's tough. Look, uh, it's hard to go against Perry Lakes because it's really, it's it's a home final for them. And they're one of those teams that have played together for so long that, you know, their, their core group there, um, led by Ben Persa, is just, they're, they're tough, man. On defense, you know, they bite and scratch and push and... <laughs> Do everything that they need to do to to get the win, man. And it's 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 a team that you that you don't like to play because you know it's going to be a dogfight, right? They do what they need to to win. But then on the other hand, you've got, like you said, the experience of some of those Rocco guys. You know, Tommy Jervis and Greg Hire have, have been there, done that on on the highest stage you can in Australia. 
and then they've got a couple of really good imports in there and and a couple of local kids that are that are really tough and they've got a core group that's kind of been together for a while too it's it's really a toss of the coin i i think i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go with perry lakes purely because it's being played at bendat yeah perry lakes for those that don't know i guess is basically the spiritual home of basketball in perth and wa isn't it Yep, it sure is. It sure is. So, you know, the Wildcats train out of Bendat Stadium and, you know, their offices and stuff are all there. And, yeah, the, you know, the, the Hawks are certainly are certainly the the heartland of, of BWA. What can you tell us about Andrew Ferguson and any of the other young up-and-comers that we could could potentially see in the NBL in future seasons? Um, I think Big Ferg has, has taken leaps and bounds this season, man. Even from last year. So last year he played with Lakeside. He was at his height, you know, he's he's I'm pretty sure he's seven foot or he's six ten, six eleven. He's 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 a big unit. You know, he's put on a bit of size again and uh he, he's really evolved his game. You know, even even last year he was a lot more of like a, a pick and pop guy and wanted to shoot that three. Whereas now he's down in there um, you know, banging bodies with the bigs and he's he's got a really good little touch. He, he's a tough guard, man. He he's really good, and I think if he keeps improving the way he has just in the past twelve months, I don't see why you wouldn't see him on a roster somewhere. You know, you can't teach height, and with that, with the stroke he's got, it's just the advantage. Obviously, we have a new team now with the Jack Jumpers coming in too, so there's more seats at the table. Not as good as the name as the Billikens, but you know. <laughs> It's up there. It's, it's up there. It is. <laughs> well, hopefully we can keep him in Perth. It would be nice to keep him on the Wildcats roster for many, many years to come. Indeed. Just quickly yeah. before we, we move on, we do have the women's final as well, the Willerton Tigers and the Joondalup Wolves. Have you got any uh, you know any preferences in terms of who well, who you think is going to win that one? That's a tough one, man, because they had, they had three, between the two teams, they had three of the All-Star five. So I think Willerton had Two of them on the All Star Five, and and pretty sure Joondalup had Kayla Steindl, I think, from memory. Oh, wife, um, of course, of Clint. Yes, absolutely. So I listened to uh, Pete Hooley and, and Megan on the NBL One show today, interviewing Kayla. And, you know, she's she's saying that you know her her family is now moving over to Tassie, obviously with Clint. So you know, she's uh, it'll be the last time she gets to play with with Joondalup. So she's she's got a lot riding on this. But man, watching watching Willerton play, you know, the, the few times I have this year, they are just tough from top to bottom. So look, I would probably go with Willerton, but it should be a really good game. You know, the the Joondalup girls unfortunately knocked our girls out uh, last weekend, and you know we've got a rivalry against against Joondalup, so I can't really go for them, can I? <laughs> Uh, I guess not. Yeah, and I guess for for those listeners that don't know, Warwick's geographically quite close to Joondalup, so there's a natural rivalry there. And of course, uh, those games can be viewed on the Friday night as the women's game, the Saturday as the men's game. Both can be viewed for free online on KO Freebies as well. So we certainly encourage people to check those games out. Now, Cody, one of the the tricky things, I guess, about growing up with WA sporting royalty in the family. So your your father Mike yep. and your grandfather Gordon is growing up in the shadows of them. So what was it hard growing up in the shadows of those two brilliant players? Yeah, look, it it was. I think obviously when I started, I I just wasn't really privy to I guess the magnitude of of how big you know the Ellis name was. 
you know, once I once I kind of started making state teams and, and all that sort of stuff, it kind of, it became more clear what the Ellis name meant to, you know, basketball in WA and Australia and stuff like that. So look, I think it was, it was one of those things that I guess the older I got and the more successful I became with basketball, the, the tougher it got because, you know, you'd, you'd have all those critics out there saying, oh, he's just there because he's an Ellis, blah, blah, blah. I guess the one saving grace I had was social media wasn't really a thing growing up. So you didn't really read into or listen to that sort of stuff. Um, it was more just like, oh, you hear someone say this here and there around a basketball stadium. So that was probably a, a good thing for me. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was it was just, it was dad. Unfortunately, I, I never met my granddad, Gordon. Uh, he passed away two weeks before my mum and dad got married. But he was a big key to to starting the Perth Wildcats. So yeah, the Ellis name is is pretty big, and it's it casts a fairly big shadow. But I, I feel that you know I, I kind of paved my own way and and did things that no one else in my family had done, which which I'm I'm definitely proud of. Absolutely, as you should be. And and I have to say that's such a great answer to that question. I not to the same extent as yourself, but I, I do kind of understand. Like my father played internationally for Scotland. He was a, an excellent oh, basketball yeah. player. Yeah, and, awesome. Uh, yeah, and so for me, kind of watching him grow up as a as a youngster and seeing yep. seeing how great he was. Yeah, it it was a little bit hard at times for me. Like I never lived up to his his standards, so I, I like I right. always, I kind of always struggled with that. But yeah, I think one of the things that I was thinking while you were answering that is that yeah, your your game was very, very different to, to Mike's. I certainly watched a lot of, yeah. a lot of him growing up. You, you know, he certainly played a very, very different style of game uh, to him. And next question that Nathan's going to talk about is, is a little bit around that. Well, before I get there, I just wanted to, to ask. So if I'm not mistaken, you were born the year of the first Wildcats championship, weren't you? So you wouldn't have even really kind of have any memories of those early Wildcats championships. Correct. So 1990. Yeah, and so it was 1990, and then the second one was the year he retired. Was after that, so I, uh, yeah, I don't have any memories of of him actually playing on court. All I've got is is old video, and you know he, he still tells me that he used to be able to dunk, but I've never actually seen video of it. So I <laughs> actually, actually, Cody, I can confirm that. Damn it! <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say, but I have seen your dad dunk. Nah, fair enough, fair enough. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so look, those early days, I uh, I, I don't remember um, watching him play, unfortunately. But like I said, I've, I've seen lots of video of it. And then he was still involved up until I was about 12 or 13 years old. So I'd go to trainings and I'd be around the team and all that sort of stuff. And still one of my probably fondest memories of that was when they won it in 2000. And uh, I was on the middle of, middle of the court after they'd won it. And, you know, all the guys had their big champagne bottles and cutting down the nets and all that sort of stuff. And big Paul Rogers came up to me and gave me a big bear hug and then just emptied a full bottle of champagne on my head. <laughs> um, oh, sensational. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, look, I've certainly got some very fond memories of, of the Cats. And a, and a cracking team there with Marcus Timmons. I think the... Towards the end of the Anthony Stewart years, I believe as well. Like, that was that was a great yep, team. Yep. Maybe, James Harvey, yeah, yeah. Arves, yep, Flahoff, yep. Grace, yep. yeah, huge team, yeah, great team, yeah, and, and, a, and a great a great series against the Titans as well. That was a that was a really good championship. Yeah, yep, yep. Just yeah, so there was some 
unreal teams back then, man. So you carved out a terrific career in your own right. Tell us, what, what were the highlights of playing collegiately for St. Louis and going over there to the States and then playing in the NBL for several years as well with the Kings and the Hawks and with the Taipans as well at the end there? Yeah, man. Um, oh, look, it, it's kind of hard to, to pinpoint one specific memory that is my favourite. But um, my senior year, we won a conference championship which was something that we'd set out to do in my four years there. And to be able to do that as the captain of the team, and we'd actually lost our head coach the year before, well, between my junior and senior year. So we'd, we'd kind of had a one of the assistants step up into the head coach's role, and he basically let us upperclassmen run the team, really. Wow. So um, it was an extremely emotional year. And, you know, we <laughs> we started off the year three and three and then we had to go to our coach's funeral after that um, where we were we were the the pallbearers and we you know carried his casket down and and all that sort of stuff and then we flew back and had to finish off the season and you know we we did it pretty strong and kind of did it for him and yeah you know ended up winning conference championship in the Barclays Center um, in Brooklyn wow so that would have been a tournament then the NCAA Yeah, tournament. it did, man. So, yeah, so I went to the tournament twice. I was lucky enough to. Um, Fantastic. And that's, man, that's just a whole whole different level of ridiculousness, to be honest with you. It's just crazy, the hype around that and um, the publicity around it. And it's, yeah, I mean, just, just that whole scene is is something that I'll never forget. Do you remember any big-name players that you maybe came up against in your appearances there? Yeah, man. Draymond Green knocked me out of the uh, the tournament. Uh, uh, my junior, MSU. Uh, yes, it, it was tough. We came across them, and you know they were one of the red hot favorites. You know they were they were really good, and we took it to them. You know we really took it to them, and you know it was probably about a minute and a half to go, and it was about a one point game, and we were right in it. And we just got some stops, and they had a little point guard that had hit I think two threes all season, and we this was when the shot clock was thirty five seconds, by the way, so. Be bloody really long shot clock. You end up feeling like you're playing defense for half an hour. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't want to give up her boards. Yeah. Oh man, it's the worst. <laughs> Made you work on your uh, defensive rebounding for sure. But uh, you know, we we played really good defense, and then the ball kicked around, kicked around, went to him in the corner. He'd shot it, the exact shot that we wanted. I think it nicked the side of the backboard, hit the ring, popped up hit the ring again, backboard, rolled around, and then rolled in. Oh, cool. and, uh, kind of... Uh, that, yeah, pretty much, man. Worse. And uh, that kind of broke our back, and then that was our, our season done. I'll, I'll never forget watching that shot. It felt like it rolled around for about 45 seconds. And, uh, yeah, so lost to Draymond, unfortunately. Well, yeah, which really sit, sucks. You, you, but, you uh, would sit in a boat with many there, Cody. I think a lot of people have lost to Draymond over the years. That was a very <laughs> good Spartans wrong. team. He's, uh, very he's good. carved a uh, hell of a career for himself. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, after you've obviously come back here, we yeah we assume you grew up as a Wildcats fan. So yep. one of the things that I kind of thought, what's it like playing against the team you've barracked for as a kid when you came back and played over in New South Wales? Oh, your want and desire to beat them is is tenfold. Not only because you you know you were a fan, but because of how successful they are. I say are because they there was no were because they are just constantly <laughs> successful. We're spoiled. Um, 
Yeah, it's uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's ridiculous. So yeah, look, it's and you know what? I think that's probably when I felt Dad's shadow linger the biggest. You know, walking into to RAC with his, you know, as soon as you walk in through the players' tunnel, his jersey is hanging up to your left, just up on the rafters there. And uh, yeah, I think that is probably when I felt his shadow cast the biggest. So yeah, my first time playing here was extremely nerve wracking, but um, man, it, it's it's so much fun to play uh, against them just because they're so successful that your whole team is just itching and eager to win. And because it's such a hard place to win here that uh, yeah, it's, it just magnifies. Do you miss it, mate? And, and are you a Cats fan again now? I do miss it. I do. And uh, to be honest with you, I still feel like I could contribute to a team. I'm I'm only 31. I feel like I'm I'm still playing really good basketball. So I, I definitely feel like I can contribute to a team, especially being 10 teams now. There's there's plenty of spots around, and you know I, I feel like there's guys that are, that are on rosters that I feel I'm I'm better than, and you know that's just part of it. But uh, in terms of being a Cats fan, man, I'm not a fan of or I don't hate any team. I just I'm enjoying watching every team because there is so much talent in the league now that it's it's really good to watch every single game, you know, and, and just the the fight and the hustle and the fact that I know pretty much 90% of the players in the league personally that there isn't a team that I vary for over anyone. Can you dish some dirt on anyone? Who's like? Is there anyone who's... Any surprising <laughs> stories about... Is someone a joker that maybe seems serious or can, can you dish some dirt on anyone given you know so many people? Oh, I'll tell you what. Kev White is probably one of the biggest jokes is going around. Okay. Um, one of the more serious cats on the court, but he, yeah, he is probably one of the biggest jokesters and, and kind of pranksters, I guess, going around. Absolutely love the Jock Landau mindset of the fact that you know that you're better than people out there. And I have to say, I don't disagree with you. I think there's definitely a lot of things that you could bring to an NBL roster and Look, it's one of the great bonuses, I guess, of having the NBL one being broadcast nationally is that a lot more of the teams will get to see players like yourself who you know, are still in the game and still have that ability and that want to be there. So obviously we wish you nothing but the best Absolutely, of luck in, in, yeah. in that next step. Yep. Yeah, appreciate that, man. So thank you so much. You've been super generous with your time and, and we've probably gone longer than we anticipated. So we'd no, like to fun. ask. We like to ask this when we finish up. What's the best performance you've ever seen live? Now, this could be a game where you played in, or it could be as a spectator, or you could give us one of each if you like, and it doesn't have to be basketball either. Bryce Cotton dropping 45 on me and my <laughs> Hawks in a grand final series. Oh. <laughs> That's got to be the most ridiculous and painful thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, Respect for that oh, answer, though, man. That was amazing. Respect. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Dude, that was – it was just – I still remember, I still just randomly come across highlights from that and just some of the shots he was making, man. It's just like, you're kidding. Like, <laughs> I, I love Bryce. I think he's awesome. He's a great, he's a great dude. You know, I've, I've had a couple of really good chats with him and, and he's just an amazing player and, and all that sort of stuff. But uh, that bugger cost me a championship. <laughs> 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 Sorry to laugh, Cody. <laughs> yeah. It was breathtaking. It was breathtaking, wasn't it? It was, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's easy to forget as well. Like that backcourt for that Hawks team was a very, very good defensive backcourt. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's probably one of the best defensive teams NBL wise that I've been part of absolutely um, yeah sorry I, sh- I and, shouldn't I yeah. shouldn't take anything away from the rest of the team just obviously with with Bryce because it was what Reese Martin would have been going against him for a bit of that yep Reese would have been 
just Reese alone with his length and smarts. And look, Bryce had a step on him, but Reese was so smart that he was he was such an underrated defender. I thought, mm. and oh man, it, yeah, it was just one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen and been a part of. And yeah, it's just crazy. It was crazy. And Bevo was your coach, wasn't he? So as a former Wildcats coach, you would have known a bit about the his opposition. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you know that was kind of a blessing and a curse because uh, it was one of those ones where you'd almost kind of change what you were doing when you played the Cats because you felt like you knew them. So you'd, you'd kind of change some of your structure and, and what you'd do that had made us successful. And again, with Bevo, you know, he, he didn't really leave the Cats on great terms. So his desire and want to beat them was immense as well. So it was, yeah, it was kind of a, a bit of a, a blessing and a curse. Well, thank you so much, Cody, for your time. We really appreciate it. You've been super generous and very frank and honest too, which has been really excellent. Do you have any businesses or projects or anything you want to plug? Uh, oh, look, not really. The only thing I'd say is is my guy, Nick, at the Perth Bandits. I'm, I'm sure you guys have, have heard about the Bandits and stuff like that. Yeah, but, come uh, on Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Some of the, you know, the uniform designs he comes up with are just unbelievable. I've got a plethora of, of jerseys here that he's sent me that are uh, just amazing and uh, I think what he's done to take off with uh, with that bandit stuff has, has been just unreal well thanks so much again mate we really appreciate it and we wish you nothing but the best and, and I hope the NBL teams are listening because you've got a very fine player out there who would love to still get out there and compete absolutely boys thanks very much for having me I appreciate it thanks for listening to this sport bloke segment Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sportblokes.